Are you all ready to kick off season two of Market Like a Badass? I'm Kristen McFarland, your podcast creator and founder of the Source Marketing Group. I'm excited to kick off the new season after taking a health hiatus in 2022. I left season one with high hopes. I was telling my listeners that I'd be back. And I unfortunately had some complications with my health due to a rare tumor in my face. Um, I actually had to have surgery to remove it at the end of December 2021. And that surgery to remove the uh, tumor, when they when they removed it, there was some damage caused. It actually left my face temporarily paralyzed. The good news, the tumor was not cancer. So yay! <laughs> but I was temporarily paralyzed. Uh, like I mentioned in early 22. And that that temporary paralyzation was for several months. Uh, I couldn't smile. I didn't want to be on Zoom meetings or even really meet with my clients in person. I really did battle mental and physical health and depression and um, some of those things that come along with, you know, when you're feeling burnt out and overwhelmed. Um, and so I pushed on. I gave myself the time to heal. I stepped away from some of my passions temporarily, including this podcast, um, including events in person and, and some of those things so that I could come back stronger and be better this year. So flash forward to now, I'm celebrating running a six-figure business. Season two of Market Like a Badass podcast is coming back to empower more women and minorities in business. And I've got my smile back. So my first guest, for season two is a mental health therapist. I, I thought this was perfect. It makes sense because of everything I went through and everything every entrepreneur business owner goes through. It's wild the amount of pressure that us entrepreneurs deal with on a daily basis, uh, let alone when we have physical health problems, right? And we know that the number one wealth is health. So today we're going to talk about mental health that impacts business owners and what, what people can do to avoid burnout, how you can conquer imposter syndrome, build your confidence, and take care of your mental health as a business owner. Get ready to dive into a new season and let's market like a badass. All right. First things first, I want to welcome our special guest, Melissa Graciano. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you for having me. So, so glad to be here. I'm excited to have you too. I am just super pumped to have you on the show and, and it's unique, right? We've had a lot of marketing badasses on the show and to have, you know, your expertise is just going to be something else. You're, you're a kind, amazing trauma therapist. Melissa's got over 14 years experience. Uh, I know you're a wealth of knowledge and a mental health expert that I admire, uh, but let our audience in on who you are and what you do. Wow. Thank you for the intro. It's it's so interesting to hear other people uh, speak about you. Um, so thank you for your kind words. Um, yes, I have been, um, you know, in the mental health, like you said, for over 14 years um, and more recently practicing psychotherapy for almost seven in private practice. Um, I am a licensed professional counselor in the state of Colorado. Um, registered play therapist and EMDR therapist. 
Um, and so basically what that means is that I work with all ages um, and really with an emphasis on focusing on trauma. Um, but there's a wide variety of things that that I see, you know, from anxiety to depression, um, a lot of attachment, wounding, inner child work. Um, I'm also a member of the queer community. Um, so it, ta- you know, just is a great passion of mine to also work with um, the, the community and, and giving back and, and ensuring that they're advocated for. Um, and more recently, moving into more somatic, holistic-based practices, breath work, um, yoga, um, it, it definitely EMDR. And if you don't know about EMDR, we'll talk about it a little bit later. Yes, um, please. Type of, type of trauma therapy um, that truly has been life-changing for, for myself. Um, and professionally. Um, And then more recently, offering a therapist consultation for folks who are looking to go into private practice. They want to own their own business. They're unsure of where to start. They're feeling nervous. Um, There's a lot of, you know, shadowy work, as I call it, coming up for them. Um, And so it's been a really great way to also be a helper for fellow entrepreneurs to work through uh, their self-limiting beliefs or other things that have been projected on them about their conditions of worth. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just really excited to be here. Um, and that's that's about, that's basically it. I will say that my perspective today definitely comes from a neurobiological perspective of considering, you know, our nervous systems. Um, and so we'll, I'll be bringing that in as well, as I think it's just a really great starting point for all of us. And it's something we can all understand because, well, we all have a nervous system. Yeah. And I think a lot of us are still unsure of how these things are all connected and body, mind and spirit and what we can do to calm our nervous system when things, you know, maybe we're fired up in our limbic system and um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to talk to you today. I think it's so important and um, both as a business owner, but also collectively, like as a society, we just went through a, a pandemic and we've gone through so much. I feel like um, the last couple of years has been really ch- challenging and fa- as far as mental health for a lot of people. And so what does it mean to be here today? Like, how did you get involved in the field and what does it mean now is there a shift because of the pandemic? Absolutely. Um, I mean, the and and I'll, I'll share some research around it. Um, it's it's we have been through some significant trauma, and it continues. You know, collectively, individually, um, specifically as as business owners. Um, you know, I found my way into wanting to be a helper, um, going through a lot of trauma myself um, in childhood, um, attachment wounding, um, and just, you know, kind of really struggling as a teenager to figure out where I fit in, you know, being a queer um, woman, just trying to um, figure out all of that, that stuff um, that happens. And, you know, I think things are more progressive now, but growing up then in the, you know, 90s, it was, it was a bit different. Um, and so that led me to, you know, seeking out my master's degree in marriage and couples and family therapy, 
um, so that I could really have the education to back me and propel me forward into um, really what I what I do best, um, you know, walking alongside people while they're healing. Um, and then as I started to get more into somatic work, body work, um, and really understanding this idea of body keeps the score, um, I started to realize how important it was that um, I moved more towards uh, specializing in trauma work um, and helping folks really understand and take back the power over their their nervous system um, as much as they can. Um, and it's just it's it's just been um, such a shift, I think, with mental health. And a lot of therapists and helpers are moving in that direction of of getting back to the body. I think that is something that I didn't know about until a couple years ago, like the somatic response. And, you know, even sometimes I get overworked and feel a lot of stuff in my chest, right? Putting my hand on my chest really like helps me kind of feel and process those emotions that are in my body. And so can you walk our listeners through that more and maybe do an exercise Absolutely. I would love to. I love that you brought into the hand on on the heart. Um, You know, a lot of times this can just be a compassionate way to check in to like, I'm here for myself. What do you need? Listening. Um, I will share sort of one of my favorite ones and um, something that I do with every client and I do often with myself. Um, And so really what we know about the brain is that it doesn't really know the difference between what's real and what's fake. And so that can be really awesome. And that can also be not really awesome. Um, But for the, you know, purposes of building distress tolerance, okay, because that's, that's really what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's, it's trying to, you know, build the resilience to work through the stressful uh, stimuli, um, but having to make deposits along the way, as I call it, into our, our, our own love banks of making sure we're getting what we need. Um, and that's a lot of times basic needs. Um, and so one thing that we know is that when you visualize, if you're a visualizing person, I, I know some people struggle with um, visualizing and I'll, I'll give a little tip for that. Um, you can literally activate your vagus nerve to start calming your nervous system by picturing a place you've been to before that brought you great joy or safety or security, a place where no one has harmed you, okay? Nothing bad has happened. It could be somewhere you've traveled to. It could be your bed, It could be a favorite person, someone you find great safety with, your partner, a best friend, a child, okay? It could be a favorite animal, okay? So you can kind of see where I'm going with this. And so uh, as an EMDR therapist and in the EMDR world, we talk about this as being complex is, is what we call it. And it's an actual exercise. Um, but it can actually just take one moment. So, uh, Kristen, I saw you going there. Yep. <laughs> just, you know, shutting your eyes, breathing. Maybe you do put some, maybe you need some pressure on your chest or on your belly and your chest. 
and just allowing yourself to feel and be in that moment. <sighs> yeah, life is good here. <laughs> and just noticing the shift, right? Okay. Yeah, I, I I typically end up going to nature in some way. Um, and sometimes I feel like I need a hug or some love. And so then I'll picture being held by one of my favorite people. Um, so you can go a lot of different ways with it. And the point of calm space is not to be obnoxiously positive and like, oh, you're stressed, just go to your happy place, you know, like happy Gilmore. Um, <laughs> yep. you know, uh, it's, it's just actually, if you can think about it more of like, I'm letting my body regulate and knowing that it's safe. And even if it's one minute of doing that and you do it throughout the day or when you're really feeling stressed out, that it's going to pad you for what's next. I think that's so important. I was just um, in, in a meeting with a fellow CEO and he was talking about his own mental health journey and that he got so burnt out and was trying to juggle all these responsibilities and, and grow his business that his body physically like started shutting down and having panic attacks, couldn't sleep. There's a lot of things that became stressors that now started to impact his physical health. And so I'm excited to talk about more resources just like that to help keep people grounded because yeah, I think sometimes, you know, we're so focused on business um, that we're not focused on our own personal care plan. And Bill Watkins over at the Lions Pride really ingrained this in my head because it's so true. And he always used to say, if you're winning at work, but you're losing at home, you're still losing. And that means you need to really take accountability for your personal life, your personal self-care plan. And even nurturing the relationships in your personal life, just as much as you are a business owner. And so our first topic, we're going to talk about mental health for entrepreneurs and, you know, just talking about are entrepreneurs more susceptible to mental health issues. So before you answer that, um, here's a couple quotes from entrepreneur.com. Here's one. One in four entrepreneurs will experience a mental health disorder in their lifetime. Anxiety and depression are the most common mental health disorders among entrepreneurs. And anxiety can manifest itself in many ways, right? That restlessness, difficulty concentrating, all of those things. And so uh, the hustle, um, they also came out with some in interesting data. The hustle surveyed more than 300 entrepreneurs on the state of their mental health and a whopping 63% reported dealing with burnout and 59% of entrepreneurs said they dealt with anxiety. So you're not alone if you're feeling this, your feelings are valid, but yeah, Melissa, can you talk about um, entrepreneurs? Are they are, like, are we more susceptible to having mental health issues? Yeah, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, definitely here in the United States, that it would be a big yes. Um, and I think that, you know, as you start to look into, um, you know, the research on entrepreneurship, what we're finding is that a lot of times us entrepreneurs, us badasses, 
we like to make our own path. We like to go our own way. Um, a lot of times that comes from family of origin and how we were raised and the stories that we were told, um, whether it was, you know, fighting to be seen or that you were expected to be the high achieving um, child growing up or, you know, whatever your story is. Um, and so what we know is that there is a higher rate of anxiety, ADHD, um, bipolar, um, substance abuse um, that does fall uh, among all of us entrepreneurs. Um, and there, there's a lot that can be done and we'll talk about that. Um, so I don't want it to discourage folks. Um, but what we do find is that because we tend to take the the path less traveled, it does come with you know some predisposition, how were we raised? Historical pieces. Maybe there's some ancestral things there. Um, you know, maybe a, a business was passed to us, um, and it can be a lot of stress, um, although rewarding. Um, and so, I think I saw, um, you know, from I was kind of looking at the research, and from you know a study done in 2015 it was talking about 50 percent of. Um, entrepreneurs reporting that they were having some kind of mental health um, concern. And now 20, as, as recent as 2022, um, it's up into 92%, um, wow. which we would expect given the pandemic. Um, a lot of businesses did better with the onset of the pandemic, but most of us um, had to go through an entire, I would say, uh, shedding um, of what was and, and redefining and how do we get back out there with this ch ever changing economy and um, political environment. And um, so we can really understand. And so what they're saying is that we're going to long recover financially before we do um, with our mental health. Um, wow. So even more reason to be doing podcasts on this. Um, mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. Wow. Those those are some significant statistics. And while it's scary, the good thing is we know about this stuff and there's ways to mitigate it and prevent burnout and be more conscious of ways to start taking care of yourself in the way that you need and the way that your mind and your body and your soul needs. So um, kind of discouraging stats, but encouraged by the resources, you know? <laughs> You know, absolutely. And, you know, something that was mentioned, which makes a lot of sense to me, is that um, the, one of the per protective factors about being entrepreneurs is that it, it we are our work, right? Yep. And so they are actually saying that that works to help offset some of that distress um, where we can be like, yeah, I spent a hell of a month or a year, um, but we can still, we get those dopamine hits of like, yes, you know, on top of the world moments. And that is actually what keeps us going um, is that we have that hope. Wow. Yeah. I had one of those this morning and I was literally jumping up and down in my living room. And then, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a wildly different story than when you maybe have a client churn or, you know, maybe you lose an A player on your team or something, you know. So to your point, and we've talked about this before, the day in a life of an entrepreneur is never the same. And so the challenges that we deal with are never the same. So if you can find a resource, have somebody to talk to in a safe way, I highly recommend it. 
one of the other things I wanted to bring up uh, is in regards to influencers and, and billionaires and visibility on social media, because, you know, if you go on social, it's it just seems like there's always a glorification of billionaires and influencers in our society. And does that stigma around mental health and, oh, you got to be a billionaire, right? You got to you got to work hard to be the Jeff Bezos. Does that impact if an entrepreneur will actually seek mental health therapy? Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 definitely part of the 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 pie, um, if you will. Um, if you can kind of see, like we've got sections here um, that that sort of adds into this. Um, you know, there's this idea, especially in the United States, of you know we're a capitalist society and it's go, go, go and produce, produce, produce. And um, a lot of this idea and egotistical way of thinking of how much we're producing really is our value. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can see where, you know, a lot of intra- entrepreneurs are faced with, you know, I got to keep grinding harder. I got to keep upping, you know, my revenue. I got to keep expanding. I got to, you know, and, and and although that's great, that's the kind of ambition that got us here in the first place because we're badasses, right? Yeah. Um, it can actually increase our burnout. Um, you know, I'm certainly very guilty of like trying to start five things at once and I've got all these big ideas and then I get into analysis paralysis and I don't do anything. Um, certainly there's other people who over function um, and they're just killing themselves because they're, you know, got to It's got to be perfect. I got to, I got to go, 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 go. So we, it all comes out in different ways, but when looking at billionaires and, and trying to understand like these really high successful CEO companies, I really do start to wonder what is the work-life balance there? right? Um, You have to start defining for yourself, what is success for me? Mm -hmm. Is it more time with your family or is it having the Mercedes, right? Because you get to decide. Um, And so, and if there's issues of what's my value, what's my worth, then I would say, it sounds like you've got some trauma narratives to work on from your past, some Mm -hmm. money story um, stuff coming up. Um, when we think about minorities, okay, um, BIPOC folk, queer folk, um, you know, a lot of times this isn't even built into their narrative of being acce- uh, uh, accessible, okay, yeah. because of the systemic oppression. And so we have to look at all these different factors. But I think the biggest thing is that this idea of entrepreneurship equals work workaholicism. <laughs> is that that is what's killing us. I believe yeah. that that was born out of the boomer generation. Um, it had a purpose then, you know, obviously it was very different times. Um, and it's it's not sustainable anymore to, to grind and grind and grind. Um, and so we start to get into this area of how can we work smarter, not harder, okay? Mm-hmm. How can we do one you know, shot of work and then produce courses that, you know, create that passive income, that scalable income. How do we delegate 
to other people um, to help us? Um, do we want to expand? Is that our ego? Is that what our father expects of us? Or do we want to stay a smaller business? Is it okay to stay a smaller business? Um, For me personally, I have felt that pressure, expand, expand, expand. Um, And as I continue with my work, it's very clear to me that I I do want to stay small and and intimate. And because having time with my family um, and with myself and in nature is actually, it weighs more to me than than the, the money. Yeah. I think that's huge to really think about for yourself of what, what do you want? I think, um, you know, there's a lot of people telling you, right. Social media, it's like more, 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 you have to keep driving. Now you want this now build that. Um, and that's how you get burnout. And so we're going to talk about uh, how to avoid burnout and how to conquer imposter phenomenon, um, I've read a lot about the different stages of burnout and I've talked a lot about it. I've been burnt out myself. I mean, that's part of why I had to take a health hiatus, right? I just literally could not manage everything. So can you talk to our audience about what burnout is and how to know if you're in a stage of getting burnout? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I just appreciate your transparency so much, Kristen. Like, we need to hear this from other fellow badasses because I would say that it starts there is that we are telling our truth in safe places so that we can be seen and held where we are. Um, I think one of the biggest things for entrepreneurs and really probably people in general is that there's this fear, at least in our society, that if we if we alert the, the burnout flag, that must mean something about us. That must mean we failed or we're not mm-hmm. enough or, oh, I knew she couldn't do it. Or, you know, there, there's all these things that start to come in. Or does that mean you're giving up or, you know, like. There can be so much, I think, just behind this idea of burnout um, from like a a societal perspective. Um, But if we look even closer, we can see it within ourselves. You know, um, one of their very common signs is dread. Okay, so dread is a is a big one. Um, You know, we hear about the the Sunday blues about people not wanting to go to work on Monday. Now that's typically more towards like an employee um, mindset. It may not be though. Um, Or there's some kind of like, you just don't, you know, it's a work day. You're staying up extra late that night. Maybe you're having a couple more drinks that night. Um, You know, maybe you're indulging and and other things that to distract yourself because you don't want to think about work. Well, Um, even I've, I've felt that dread too. I mean, when I was at that cusp of burnout, I dreaded looking at my inbox because it meant more responsibility and mm-hmm. more work in a time when I felt like I'm I'm about to break. I need time. I need more. Like, I need a break, right? But as entrepreneurs, how do you take a break when you're running the business, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so that was my dread. You know, I literally didn't want to open up my inbox. Yes, I, I completely, I feel the same. I feel the same way. And, and that will be something that I mentioned when we talk about being proactive um, technology. Yep. It's, it's so helpful for us to run our businesses and it can be so harming. 
Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. I feel that um, about op- especially opening emails, checking checking my business phone, um, it, it definitely comes in. You know, another piece too is that folks could be isolated. Um, you know, not everyone is uh, has employees or is working with contractors or there's a lot of solo practices out there. Um, and so that can be another component is, oh, gosh, I'm feeling this. Oh, I don't really want to talk about it. Or if I do, no one's really around. Oh, and by the way, I can't really have this, you know, happening right now because guess what? You know, the bills need to be paid and we've got to keep this this rolling. Um, and so then that kicks our nervous system into fight or flight or freeze. And before you know it, we're either over-functioning or we're totally paralyzed. Um and so I think it's it's really important to understand, you know, another piece is when you start to feel like you're, you just don't care like you used to, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, you're seeing it more as a chore. You see that person for your meeting, you know, of the day and you're going, um, you're, you're trying to get out and, and not work. You're, you're scooting around it. Um, but yet when you're trying to relax, you're still thinking about it. You can't turn it off. Um, so those are sort of the earlier stages of burnout. And then we start to go into physical symptoms. So, you know, I think this is Kristen, you know, with your surgery and the tumor and everything, it was just Mm -hmm. like, that's it. Like that can be hopefully the final straw for people. And I really don't even want to see people getting to that point. And sometimes we don't know until our body halts us and is like, well, if you're not going to deal with it, then guess what? Um, you know, there's going to be uh, maybe some gastrointestinal issues, um, you know, stress poop, right? You know, we all, we're all aware of, of what that feels like in our bodies. Maybe we're eating like crap because we're trying to self-soothe and comfort. Um, you know, maybe we're noticing more hair loss, more weight gain, um, all the classic signs of adrenal fatigue and just showing us that, hey, your cortisol hormone is pumping so hard. Your stress hormone is pumping so hard that now your entire system is in, is in crisis. And that is when it's like, we need to bail out. It's, you know, Brene Brown calls it um, her fuse being blown um, from her restaurant days. So, you know, when they would literally be so dysregulated, they would say, you know, fuse blown and everyone knew what that meant. Um, so we, we know, we know that it can get pretty extreme and it doesn't, you know, it's okay if it does. Okay. So I just want to say that it's okay if it does, because, you know, yeah, don't judge yourself. Don't be harder on yourself than you already are. Yes. We're doing so much. Um, and there's, there's ways that we can protect around this and make sure that you continue to do what you love to do. Yep. Yeah, I think that's that's huge. And you just tapped on so many things and it makes me feel valid. So hopefully our listeners feel valid too, because it's just something that we all have to face and battle. And the more we're aware of these stages, the more we can kind of catch ourselves before we let ourselves enter that next stage. And I think that's really important. Like now, right, if I'm starting to feel that ounce of dread, I know I need to take some of that self-care right? Because I have clients relying on me. I have contractors and team members and, you know, people that are relying on me, on me, excuse me, to get work done. 
and market like a badass. Well, if I can't market like a badass when I feel like utter shit, right? Um, and I think that's important. Like if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of your team and the work. So um, make sure that you're catching that, you know, figuring out those stages, really understanding how to get that self-care in when you're feeling like, oh no, I'm starting to not care or I'm putting this off or I can't concentrate on anything I have to do. Um, the other thing I want to kind of segue into is imposter phenomenon. Some people call it imposter syndrome. Uh, I, I had a really awesome doctor come speak to um, our group about it in one of our cohort sessions. I, I think she hit the nail on the head. It's not a syndrome. It is a phenomenon, right? This is not some syndrome or disease or thing that you happen to get that I don't get. This is a phenomenon and it actually impacts entrepreneurs and their mental health and their confidence, right? We, we're constantly overcoming objections, whether we're going out and selling our product or service or whatever that is, or posting on social media. Um, so can you talk more about what imposter phenomenon is and why it matters? Yes, absolutely. Yes, I love and I love that that reframe on it. You're right there. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, it's just it's something that's happening. And it, it comes again, that 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 pie image, it comes from a lot of factors, um, but typically from, you know, childhood and the messages that were there. Um, so what it is, is that, you know, regardless of how much training we've had or how, how much competency we have or, you know, how much we are badasses, um, we still have an underlying doubt um, about, you know, if we're showing up um, the way we need to, if we're doing, you know, uh, quality work, um, if we're um, interfacing with folks the way we need to, you know, there's a lot of different ways that it shows up for people based on, you know, what their their trauma is. Um, and we, you know, it's been studied for a very long time, you know, is early early 70s and and throughout and 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 what we're finding is nothing has really changed it's 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 still coming up in the same way and still being handled in the same way they used to think that it was more um geared towards women and actually that's not true um and so we know that um it does impact you know a, a great majority of entrepreneurs um, in particular, um, you know, people who had caregivers who may have put a lot of pressure on them growing up. Um, maybe there was inconsistent messages where, you know, one moment you were being praised and another moment you were being criticized. Um, you know, maybe there was some cultural pressure that, you know, you were going to, you know, go do this you know, become a doctor and you never wanted to. And, um, and so there's a lot of ways that we can find ourselves there. Um, and so I think the important piece is just to know that it's a very common thing that happens mm -hmm. to humans. And it's typically just because we want to achieve and do so well that it starts to create the, or it can, um, a, a, like sort of this inner complex of, are we ready for this? Can, can I do this? Um, do I know enough? Um, and so I, I do believe, and I'm not sure really, I'll have to look more into the research, but I would take a guess that this is something that happens more in the United States or in capitalistic societies. Oh, that's a good point. And honestly, I mean, 
nobody is safe. Let's be real. I was in a, a cohort and getting, you know, a session on imposter phenomenon, right? And the doctor asked, like, raise your hand if you've experienced imposter phenomenon. And 80% of the room raised their hand. Well, 100% almost was, you know, white men. I think I was the only female in the room. So you're talking about people that have more resources, more capital, more access to funding. These are, you know, people running million dollar businesses. They've made it in life. They're raising their hand, right? Like they're, mm -hmm. they, they feel like they're an imposter in some way. And so, um, you know, I think having IP and very, being aware of what, you know, what your IP looks like and where you're being held back is really important. Uh, to your point, Melissa, I, I didn't even think about something that happened in my, yeah, right? Like your, your childhood, like, oh, uh, you know, now you're getting praised, now you're not. And, or maybe this expectation to perform, right? It's putting pressure on you and making you feel like it doesn't matter what I've achieved. I'm not good enough. I, you know, I was celebrating my six figure success at my dinner and, I just felt like I wasn't good enough. I felt so weird that day. It was like I had a hard time even celebrating. And then I was looking at statistics and only 6% of business owners ever make it to six figures. And then when you're talking about women, it, I thought it said around 12%. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a huge accomplishment. And here I am feeling miserable about it. It's so <laughs> real. It's wild. I so appreciate your transparency. Um, and I think that could be part of it too, right? So I'm glad you brought that in because there can be an element and, and Kristen, you know, I'm not saying this is with you, but there can be an element of fear of success. What does it mean if I finally start hitting all my goals? What then? Like, you know, we can get lost in that pursuit as well. And that can create a, a whole story for us. Mm -hmm. um, or if we have family members who, you know, are envious of our success, do we feel like we need to, you know, get smaller? Are we going to start worrying about what does that mean? Right. So there, there can be a lot of pieces there. Yeah, I see it every day. I just had a conversation with a cannabis cult cultivator and he was talking about marketing and, and we were, you know, talking about LinkedIn posting and things like that um, on how, you know, how do you reach your B2B audience? Right. And one of the, the, the feedback I got was, um, you know, I don't like posting on, on LinkedIn. What if people call me out, even though I know I'm, I'm the best and I do this really well, they may look at a picture and, insult me or think I'm not good enough. Right. And so there's a lot of that hesitation and fear that I know my work is good and it's quality, but somehow I feel like an imposter, right? I don't have that confidence to post. And, and so, um, yeah, I, I, I'm curious, like, how do, how do you overcome that? How do you build your confidence more so that you can start, you know, getting away from that imposter phenomenon and any negative impacts of it? Yeah, it's a great question um, because ultimately I would just want everyone to know that they do have the power um, and it might look differently for everyone, um, but it's going to come back to first really starting. What are those early stories? How did your family um, or, you know, who, where you were raised, how did they talk about money? Mm -hmm. How did they talk about success? 
okay? Um, for BIPOC people and other minorities, right? What was the message there? Um, you know, because we know that Black people openly share, um, especially Black men, that they've been told that they have to work twice as hard to achieve the same thing, okay? And so those kinds of early messages um, are probably going to need some kind of support, whether it's consultation, coaching, or working with a therapist. Um, maybe you have some kind of spiritual practice that speaks to you. Uh, certainly, it's not a one-size-fits-all, um, but I'm going to highly encourage you to start there. Um, mm -hmm. And EMDR can be a really great way uh, to start getting into some of those messages and helping our body release the holding of those false messages to help us process perhaps what's never been processed before. Yeah. Um, and so obviously I'm biased as an EMDR therapist, um, but, you know, it, it, it makes sense to go to the body and to the stories here. What is yeah. our inner child saying? right now. Um, so, you know, Kristen, it makes me wonder, was it your, was it your inner child who showed up to dinner with you the other night and was doubting and feeling mm -hmm. right. Yep. Um, and so we want to trace to the root, not to perseverate on it or to relive it because that would be counterproductive, but to have a greater understanding of what's mine and what's not mine. What do I want to keep carrying? Um, so I think it really starts there. And then I think the other piece is getting to know your body. What is your nervous system telling you? We all know when we have full body no's and we all know when we have full body yeses and sometimes we're maybes and that's fine. Um, but I like to just, when I'm asked a question, like when you asked me to come on the podcast, I let it come in. I sit with my energy reserves and then I let my body make the decision. It was a full body yes to be here today. No, that's not always the case though. And are you listening to that? So when it's a full body no, can you hold yourself accountable to say no to being the guest on the podcast or, you know, whatever it is, right? Or yes. working with an imperfect client. Or exact. Yes, that's a big one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Working with people that light you up. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, that is, that is very fair. And so I would say, and because you brought that in, you know, after doing some of the trauma work, okay. Working with the stories, working with your money story, all of that is there. Okay. Um, then I would say that you need to get really clear you know, with yourself about what you want, what's your desires, what's, what's the intention, what, what do you want to manifest? Can you let yourself be there? Okay. Cause that's yep. going to really, really help you get clear, um, and using your body. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and I know you mentioned like, Hey, whatever that looks like therapy, uh, business coach, whatever that is, it did help me having that community of other uh, like-minded CEOs. I mean, heck just being in that, um, that room when other people raised their hand was monumental because sometimes we feel alone, like this is just happening to me. And so I just want you to understand that it's, it's not a you thing. 
and that there's ways to, you know, get out of that and get out of that fear. And that way we're not driven by that. And, you know, we, we want the, the fuck yes energy as my friend calls it. (laughs) I love that. So, um, one more thing that I wanted to ask, you know, um, business businesses, they, they talk about, excuse me, badasses always talk about mentality. I think this is an important topic for entrepreneurs because just like we talked about earlier, right? In a single day, you can go through every emotion. You're on top of the world. Uh, and then by the end of the day, you're wondering, how am I going to keep my doors open? So what advice about mentality would you give someone looking to scale their business? Mm, great question. I would say starting slow, being intentional, and really breaking it down into small, you know, bite-sized steps. Um, Because I think we kind of expand, want to expand too quickly, and then we get in over our head. Um, You know, the research does show that when we expand, we're at a higher risk for burnout. And that makes sense, right? Because we're managing people, we're doing payroll, like there's just so much more that's being added in. Um, So, you know, something to consider is looking at your story of what is it like for you to ask for help? Mm -hmm. What is it like for you to start delegating tasks to people? Okay. And really starting there. And I mean, it can be as easy as you finally hire a CPA. Okay. Um, because, and, and, and that is like one of the most inexpensive ways to get support, especially or like with your business that a lot of people will try to do themselves. And then I think they become inundated and overloaded. We can only do so much. Um, so really trying to, I know we can't just hire a bunch of people to do all the things for us, but really, you know, what's going to take the most off my plate right now? what will that look like? Okay. Then I think uh, speaking to your point about the, the unpleasant client at times is how are we screening our work or our business ahead of time? Right. Um, So we know there's going to be a higher rate of burnout um, and and IP. um, If you're working with clients that are just are not a good fit, for whatever reason, you know, they don't match your, your, your mission, your value. Um, potentially they're maybe trying to get the service for a, a reduced rate. Um, and you're having to be faced, you know, that's a big one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe they're just trying to, you know, pick your brain for free, you know? So just trying to understand, you know, what's my ideal person and how am I going to bring that in by screening um, to set myself up for success? Now, part of that is that we need to be comfortable saying no. Yep. No, I do not believe this is a good fit. I'm happy to give you other resources. Um, you know, and so that takes practice. And again, going back to that trauma work um, of how can we be more assertive and not feel bad about it? Um, how can I let someone know, yeah, I'm just not, I'm just, it just sounds like I'm not the right fit so that I can keep those spaces open for my limited energy to work with clients who are. Yes. That's a big piece. Yep. Yeah. Find that perfect client. Um, everybody else, they're going to be an energy vampire. I feel like every time you make a compromise for someone that isn't your perfect client, you're probably doubling the amount of work you're doing too. Honestly. 
Yeah. Right? When you're working with somebody in your niche and somebody who is exactly your target, you know how to serve them. You know exactly what you need to do. When you start working outside of that zone of genius with a client that isn't a right fit, that's when you really start to lose. That can impact your self-worth. Now all your other projects, you're starting to have doubt, right? And then burnout, imposter phenomenon, it slowly seeps in. So again, being conscious of these things is huge. Um, I know you have some resources to share. I'm going to let you do that in a few. I'm going to slide into the lightning round real quick. Just okay. four four questions. Okay. Um, you got 10 seconds to answer. All right. So you got to be quick. We're going to put you on the spot here. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. What's your guilty pleasure? Ooh, I'm watching Game of Thrones again right now. Oh, oh, I love that one. What's your hidden talent? Mm. Ooh. I love to dance. And what makes you happy despite any mood? Uh, fresh cut grass. Oh, my girlfriend's the same way. That's hilarious. I, I, I guess that uh, that's a business owner for you. You feel like accomplished cutting the grass, right? Check yep. it off the Trello board. Uh, yep. Last one. How do you do self-care and what's involved? Oh, I'm glad you asked that because as I was preparing for this, I was thinking, um, you know, people are probably going to want to hear as someone who holds a lot of space, what does that mean for me? Um, So in addition to everything that I've shared, because I've done tons of my own personal trauma work um, with somatic experiencing and EMDR um, and breath work and yoga, um, I would say what it really comes down to for me is music. Music is number one. I have to have it running in the background as much as possible. Um, I would say that we all resonate. A lot of us love music. I have different playlists for what I need. Um, and I really cater that and it keeps my nervous system more regulated. Um, so the power of music. I would say the other pieces, in addition to doing things like calm place to build my regulation, um, I allow myself to, you know, get on my yoga mat. I do light, gentle stretching. Um, I really work on dia- diaphragm breathing, um, you know, doing a lot of those things to activate my vagus nerve. Um, and if you're wanting to know more about that, you just have to, you can just look it up polyvagal theory and, and you'll learn more about that. Um, but there's a lot of ways we can activate our vagus nerve. And so that's something that I think about. Um, the other pieces is I like to think about the senses. What's my body needing? You know, is it a scent that, you know, maybe I'm in freeze, so I'm going to smell some peppermint oil to upregulate my nervous system. Maybe I'm in fight or flight and I actually need something calming to downregulate my nervous system. So I might put a weighted blanket on myself. Um, So a lot of it is what I call micro self-care. And again, this is something we can all do. Self-care is not going to the gym every single day. It could be, okay? It could be. But more, I want everyone here to think about it moment to moment. Am I going to go make that warm cup of tea, let it warm my belly, right? Am I going to put in a stick of gum and chew on it? So I really want you to start thinking like, what are my senses craving? What do I need? And it could be that you need deprivation. You need to go into a room with blackout curtains and be in the dark for a little while. 
Yeah, that's huge. I think just finding what lights you up and making sure that you give yourself some of that. For me, my self-care is playing guitar. It's like my creative outlet, you know, and I'm not being creative with marketing and I can just go on my guitar and there's, there's no rules anymore, right? There's no do it this way. It's like just total freedom for me. And so, you know, figure out what that looks like for you. So, Wow. Thank you so much for this badass podcast. I really appreciate you being a a guest on the show. It's a pleasure knowing you. Um, I'm glad finally now our careers are intersecting here on this podcast episode. And I think it's such valuable information. It helps validate and support our listeners. If you're feeling IP or burnout, you're not alone. There are ways through. Don't let it build up and become all consuming, right? reach out to Melissa or I. We can be resources to lean on, um, but also for even more resources and information, please follow our special guest on Psychology Today. Or you can go to her website once that's finished, www.lanternswaycounseling.com. Again, www.lanternswaycounseling.com. We'll also drop some resources in our show notes, and on the Market Like a Badass group page on Facebook, we want you to keep the momentum going on this journey of healing. Anything else on the resources or where they can find you, Melissa? No. Yeah, I'll, I'll load you all up. Uh, we didn't even get a chance to talk about self-compassion. Um, so you'll see that I am, um, I've shared uh, a link for some actual guided exercises, some as short as five minutes. Um, and, you know, just some different apps like Mindsight. And um, so, yeah, we'll have that all there for you. And um, some uh, places where you can find therapists um, and specifically if you're looking for EMDR. Perfect. Yes. Huge proponent of EMDR. Done it myself. Uh, Prince Harry. Right. I think he just did a, a documentary and that was really insightful to hear him being vulnerable and talking about EMDR. So if you're curious, go look at that. Um, if Prince Harry can do it, you can do it, right? We can all take a step to be vulnerable, but EMDR is badass. I really highly recommend you all take a look, um, research some more on that and potentially try that out. And thanks to our listeners too. follow us on Apple or Spotify or go to marketlikeabadass.media for the latest episodes of Market Like a Badass.